This program is brought to you by RBC. In order to speak up for inclusion, we need to speak about inclusion. I'm Anna Karina Tabunyar, and this is More Talent Untapped. Conversations about unconventional, sometimes underestimated talent, and the differences that connect us. Creativity, right? Creativity, and I have a lifetime experience of dealing with different problems because this society is not built for a person with a visual impairment, right? So you constantly have to, having to innovate using your creativity. That's what you got to keep doing. I first met Ahmed Abukar at a job fair in 2015. He was having a hard time getting recruiters to look past his white cane. Ahmed was born with a rare eye disease that's led to severe vision loss and stubborn ingenuity and determination. That determination helped him land his first job. When we first reconnected, he was proud to report that he's now a certified chartered public accountant, a CPA, and he's quickly moving up at work at Canada's largest bank. So what happened was I got an internship at RBC and started out my career as an intern. I completed my internship in 2016. I was hired as a full-time permanent role as a fund accountant. I was there for two years. And then in 2018, I moved on to the CFO team at RBC as a financial analyst in the enterprise accounting. And now I'm dealing with and the finances of, of RBC and uh, looking at how their various entities are doing in terms okay. of their financial performance. So you're crunching numbers throughout the day? Definitely, yeah. So can you give me an idea, how do you do that with your vision impairment? People tell me that accounting is a very visual, but... I found a way to make it work for me. It's just uh, understanding how things work and uh, it's creating that visual image in your mind. Is it numbers that you visualize in your mind and numbers that you memorize and then crunch? No, it's not about memorizing. It's about understanding, finding a way that works for you, right? It's like, so my, I use a lot of Excel. It's all about using formulas and, and setting up formulas in a way that you don't need to memorize it. You know where everything's at. You go there, you, you do your calculations, you're done. I use a, I just use a regular keyboard. It's just that I have a software, a screen reading software, which just reads me what's on the screen. As you navigate the screen, it'll tell you what you're on. So basically you're controlling it and telling it to read to what's on the screen. Excel is my best friend. I just, I don't know where I would be without Excel. It just, I, I use that for most of my day. And then it's just, it's a very powerful tool. Isn't it amazing how we can use technology to break down barriers? Oh, definitely. I don't, I don't, I don't think I would have the, the same uh, abilities that I have today without the advancement of technology. I don't know how people before used to get through what they go through with the, the challenges that we face without the technology that we currently have. So it's just, I cannot just imagine having to use, uh, uh, do all this work in Braille. It's just not going to be easy. No kidding. Has made, and we just got to keep, keep working at it and just to make, make that road smoother for that next person, for that next person, make it easier for them, right? So we made this much progress, but we can't stop here. We just keep at it. Keep at it until, you know what? That, that uh, people having different challenges was not going to be an issue. That regardless of what you have, it's going to be easy for you to do whatever you desire. And that's what innovation is all about. And, and how does innovation come? Through creativity, right? Creativity and... I have a lifetime experience of dealing and dealing with different problems because this society is not built for a person with a visual impairment, right? So you constantly have to, having to innovate, right? Using your creativity, right? And that's 
That's what you got to keep doing. So when I've joined the various teams I've joined, the systems were not accessible. However, this didn't stop them. They were like, you know what, we'll do whatever it takes to make things accessible for you. And so what, what they did was made investments and in, in made sure that the systems that were required of me, my tasks, were accessible with a screen reading software that I use. It showed them that, you know what, whatever challenge that gets put in our way, that we can overcome it. And it shows them. So just to give you an example, like when I joined my team, and I don't blame them, and I, and I would be the same thing if I was in their situation. This is uncertainty of we're getting somebody who's a visual impairment. Is he going to be able to complete his work? Yeah. But when I get when I join the team and I show them that I'm able to complete my work just like anybody, they they come to rely on me just like everybody else. It's and like the times I've left, like my previous team is like they went from being uncertain to when I joined them to not wanting me to leave them. You know. <laughs> In addition to your screen reading software, what are some of the other ways you've learned to adjust the way you work? Mm, that's a very good question. It's just being more efficient, using my time more effectively, and always trying to think of creative ways that I can make my life easier. It's just constantly yeah. thinking, how can I make this easier for me, right? And just be more efficient. I know the last time we spoke, um, you talked about mentorship and how one day you would want to be a mentor to somebody else. What role has mentorship played in your career? Oh, mentorship has played a significant role. And I've, uh, I've constantly seek out mentors who've supported me. Uh, and I've seek out uh, sponsors to support me in making progress in my career. So they have made a significant difference. And in turn, what I do is uh, part of a marginalized community and I always try to give back to the community and, and speak to the youth and show them that, you know, whatever challenge get, gets put in our way that we can overcome it. It's just all about the determination and the hard work that we put in. Since COVID, we've seen a lot of cracks in the systems, um, in our workplaces, in society in general, for our most vulnerable and underrepresented populations. How has COVID and physical distancing affected you? Uh, has it affected me? In terms of general society, it's just people are more hesitant to help out, I found. And people, people are just more about concerned about getting COVID-19 rather than assisting people if they need help. I guess that would be my experience. Do you find people are avoiding you? Uh, yeah, because they would worry about if, if you got COVID, COVID or not. So they would be more, more willing to assist if, you see, if they see you around. Oftentimes, there are these decals or these stickers on the floor that mark what direction you go in. But if you're blind, you don't have that as a guidance. So yeah. what guides you then for physical distancing? You see, these are not accessible. So what would be necessary is for people to be willing to assist you and say like, hey, you know what, I moved, like for instance, if you're in a line, right, say, hey, you know what, I moved up, but people are more hesitant to help out because they're concerned, right? So it's just, it's just made things more difficult, I would say. And if I'm in line, I would just ask, hey, 
you know what, these, uh, these decoys are not that accessible. Uh, if you can tell me, if you can just direct me with your voice, mm. like what, when, when, to, when I can move up, when you move up, that would be great. Are you taking public transit? Yes, I am. Thing is, with public transit, it's, it's it hasn't been that bad because less people are using it, and uh, and so it's just made it easier, I guess. Do you find people are helpful? Like, will they proactively ask you for assistance? Oh uh, no, not as not as before because people are more concerned about still you spreading anything to them, right? So, I, that's what I meant. But in terms of people being more concerned, yes, people would be before would be very willing to ask, but now it's just. It's decreased because of people's concern. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Well, you appreciate the ones that come and ask you because, you know what, they're more more concerned about helping you rather than being concerned about the COVID, right? You appreciate more of them. How does the thought about you possibly catching COVID, how does that sit with you? Um, to be honest, I just be careful as best as I can. Just try to wash wash my hands as frequent as I can, wear my mask and be as cautious as I can. And that's all I can do. So it's not something that's constantly playing in your mind? No, no, not at all. You can do your best and whatever is meant to happen will happen. That is what I believe. So you're working from home? Yes, that's correct. How are you finding it? It's been great. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's, good to, uh, it's good to work from home and not have to go through a long commute daily. But I also miss the in-person interaction with my colleagues. It's, it's just not the same, just working from home and interacting electronically. Then that's a big difference, I'd say. And so how do you build community outside of work in this strange era of COVID and physical distancing on top of having a vision impairment? Uh I guess the best thing to do is pick up a phone and call people. Talking to each other through uh, to the phone is is what makes a big difference. It's not the same when you text each other or when you just send an email to each other. What makes a difference is picking up that call and hearing that person's voice. Are you doing that more often? Or are you trying to build that within your day? Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's the best way, given the circumstance that we're facing, would be the best way. Old-fashioned phone call. Definitely. Old habits are being brought back. (laughs) Can we shift gears a little bit? So along with COVID, physical distancing, um, we're hearing a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement and racial equality, racial equity. Um, how has that affected you? Oh, uh, in life has affected me from a triple, I would say from like a, like a triple whammy, you know, and just being, uh, being black, being Muslim and having a disability, right? So you're constantly, you're constantly at uh, being challenged about that. It's just, it's just a perception that people have of you, right? It's just people looking at you differently just because you you come from that the background and you and you have those challenges in life, right? So it's constantly having to deal with those challenges of of perception that people may have. And how do you deal with that? 
just avoid ne- dealing with it in a negative way. Just think of it in a positive way. For instance, let me give you an example. Uh, so a lot of the time when people see my visual impairment, uh, they wonder if I and if 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 I've like contributed to society. And when I tell them that I'm working, right, it's like they get shocked. And oh, then they're like, that you're unemployed. Yeah. And then when I tell them I work for RBC, and they're like, "Oh, do you do you work at the call center?" I'm like, "No. Not only do I work in their finance department, I work on the CFO team." And then they get like, <laughs> "You see the complete silence is like, you know." You've just shocked them. You have floored them and blown away all yeah. the misperceptions. Yeah. But you see, I didn't fight with them. I didn't argue with them. I just I just answered their question in a in a way that you know what completely changes your perspective. It's that silence just tells you a lot. They basically discriminated against you without you t- without telling you. So it's, it's all these in and indirect indirect uh, discrimination that you have faced. Yes, I understand what you mean. And you can just, it's these subtleties, right? That, that Definitely. Every day. And I have to say, I really love your approach. It's the silent facts and you're letting your performance speak for itself. Exactly. It's a, being negative about it, I, I feel like it's not going to change. I think it's important to speak out, but speak out in a positive way without any, any violence. You know, violence doesn't, get nothing, doesn't solve any issue. Speak out, create awareness. Creating awareness is important. So you create awareness by not causing damage. You create awareness by speaking out in a positive way. That's the way you change people's perspective. When when violence comes into the equation, it just ruins everything that you're trying to strive for. Have you faced violence because of either no. race, religion, or your your disability? No. It's always been subtle. Uh, it's always been subtle. So over the years, all these subtle let's call them microaggressions or subtle behaviors or comments, what impact does that have on you, the way you perceive yourself? Um, to be honest, I'm confident in who I am. I am confident in what I can bring to the table. So I don't let people's perception get to me. It's just, is their perception of me? The only way I can change their perception of me is showing them who I am not letting their perception of me dictate what the perception that they have of me. You know, I have, I have control over it by showing them what I'm about. Ahmed, that's such a mature and evolved self-perception because I think a lot of us have managed to let, and I'm speaking for myself, um, my own self-perception over the years has been very greatly formed by what other people tell me or how I think they look at me. And so when I hear you talking about how you're comfortable with the way you see yourself, how did you get there? It's a lifelong experience. I remember I had to deal with this challenge from a young age, right? From a young age, kids are taught that we should all be the same, right? So, and you're constantly dealing with you being different from them, right? So that lifelong experience of having to deal with that challenge. And I don't expect it to change. You're going to, I know I'm going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life. So it's just a matter of accepting it and, you know, working with it, not working against it. Working with it, not working against it. Yes, absolutely.
So Ahmed, what's next for you? What is next for me is continuing working my way up at RBC and one day becoming the executive at RBC. As I previously mentioned to you in my previous uh, interaction, and that goal hasn't changed. It's continuing that way up. So one of these days, you envision yourself Senior Vice President, Executive Vice President Ahmed Abukar. What do you think that's going to do for other people with disabilities to see you in that position? Uh, it will show them that, you know what, that we are capable of doing what we can, what we want to, regardless of how many times we get put down, how many times that we're told we cannot do that, regardless of how many times people tell us, you know what, it may not be the right role for us. It's just all about, it's not a matter of how many times we get knocked down, it's are we standing at the end of the day. That was Ahmed Abukar. What I learned from him is perspective, not the kind that comes with eyesight, but the perspective that dwells within our own identity and the confidence in our abilities. That is the perspective that helps us rise above these strange and stressful times. More Talent Untapped is a sequel to the documentary Talent Untapped. If you're interested in a special screening of the original film, send me a note through my website. That's anacarinatabunyar.com. A-N-N-A-K-A-R-I-N-A-T-A-B-U-N-A-R. That's anacarinatabunyar.com. More Talent Untapped is made possible by our sponsors, RBC and EARN, the Employment Accessibility Resource Network, an initiative of United Way East Ontario. The people who helped put together the show are... Lindsay Voderick, Howard Sonnenberg, Ashley Wright, Colin Van Haddam, and me, Anna Karina Tapunyar. I'm back in two weeks with another episode of More Talent Untapped. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a review or rating, and share it to help us get the word out. Mm-hmm.